If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch these 50 best horror movies ever and then talk about them. My name is Luke Condo with a K and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr... Mr. Ben Arrington. Mr. Ben Arrington, how's it going? It's going. It is going. I like going hard. I like the shirt, it's looking very... Thank you. I felt like I needed some sleeves on because it's a little bit chilly at the moment. Are you going to uh, rip it off at some point tonight? Oh, wouldn't you like? Excited. Would you like to know? Uh, yeah, maybe. It's got it's got like tigers with skateboards on it. Oh, cool. This is I sort of I was like I need to have it, yeah. and uh, I did anything for it. I'd do anything for it. Yeah. Did you do I anything? Did, for I did. I did do anything you for did it. Do but something for it. He paid. Did for it. What about the? Uh, <laughs> what about the? Um, yeah. The thing is, I can't wear shirts because I used to, and then my belly, like my my middle half, started to expand at an astounding rate. And oh, yeah. uh, and now like the shirts that I have got, the the belly buttons, like my belly button pops out of the belly buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Your belly button pops out of, out of the belly button. Oh. Yeah, it's a good look for somebody though. Like when the belly pops out, you know, some people find that quite if attractive. If I could put like a googly eye in there, and if someone looked down at the wrong time, they'd see my uh, belly button. Yeah, but then that's their that's their own fault for looking down. You know yeah. what I mean? Just if they see it, it goes that googly eye there. Just say, well, what are you doing looking down there? Yeah. Keep your eyes to yourself. <laughs> Okay, so um, today, by the way, just going to say this right from the off the bat: uh, there are spoilers in this show. I've only told, I've only warned people about twice before, and if they've stumbled along to any of these episodes, then they've probably been spoiled in somewhere or another. But these, are, yeah. a lot of these, are like classic films, so you should have seen them spoiled, a long time ago. Spoiled or soiled? Which one? Soiled. I soiled the film. Uh, so in this podcast, we talk about the 50, best fifty horror movies ever. It's put a list put together by Empire Magazine, and today we are talking about number 15. We're at the top 15 of all horror movies ever. It's 1968's Rosemary's Baby. But before all that, Ben, I'd just like to see what other horror guff 
you've got up your sleeves? Other horror guff and fluff. Um, hmm. Belly button guff. Well, Get belly button guff. Pick it out for Get us. It. <laughs> Let's have a look. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I've been horroring very. Last week, I don't think I did did a horror very hard, did I? No. I've seen some films. Maybe I should say what films I've seen. Okay. Not the yeah. not the horror. Um, I saw. Uh, oh wait, I saw The Foreigner with Jackie Chan. Jack Chan. You seen yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Forgot I thought it was pretty it, yeah. cool. Nice psychological thriller. It wasn't um, what I think it, people were thinking. Like Jackie Chan rumbling the Bronx in. London. Yeah, but he still he still yeah. did a he still did enough of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wa- also saw A Ghost Story. Uh, with Casey like Affleck and yeah. Rooney Mara, uh, I mean, it, it was a, it, it, not yeah. much. Hap- not much happens. I mean, I can see what they're going for. I mean, it was a nice, yeah, a nice idea. But nice um, four by I did three, find my, medium format camera looking thing. Yeah, yeah I, I did find myself like just slipping away from it yeah. for a while. There was a, there was like a four minute scene of Rooney Mara just eating a pie, and maybe like like two minutes into that, I was thinking. Wrap it up now. Finish this pie or or something. And I don't know what Harry kind of point it is. Harry Lab. Possibly yeah. style over substance a little bit too much. Well, I've seen that on a lot of top lists of the year, like uh, Guillermo del Toro mm. uh, tweeted about it, and I thought I'd give it a watch. But yeah, mm. I I was a bit I was a bit bored. I'm gonna say bored. Yeah. Have you watched The Shape of Water yet? No, I haven't. Um, I don't know how yeah. to watch that because I'm not sure know. when that, I don't think... I'm not sure when that comes out in the cinema. I keep looking and I've not actually yeah. looked. Yeah, I think it's out. Yet. I think it's out in like late Jan or February in the UK, so it's going to be a little while yet. But yeah. there we go. Anything else? Any other films? Um, no. I'm talking. Well, not really horror, more science fiction. Um, I've got. This is going to be really uninteresting. I'm about to tell you what I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch the first episode of X Files series eleven, possibly tonight. Okay. I don't know nice. anything about it. I've not watched any trailers. I've not seen any stuff. I bet they're still going to be looking for aliens. And uh, have they not found it? I haven't seen. I think I've seen up to like season five. They definitely like found aliens, mate. They found a lot of shit. They found a conspiracy wrapped within a conspiracy wrapped within a conspiracy inside. Some guess what? Kitchen foil. Kitchen foil. Uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting. The last season was pretty good because they did a lot of standalone like Monster of the Week episodes, which yeah, have always been the most popular stuff. All the stuff with the alien mythology can sort of it just retreads over like the same ground really and you're like are we yeah. expect to be shocked or interested by this there's a revelation that we've seen a million times so yeah i mean they've been abducted both of them have been abducted loads of times uh cigarette smoking man's always behind it in some way so you ever seen you just reminded me of uh what's the um fire in the sky have you ever seen that it's like an alien abduction film um but and I think there's not actually that much like alien abduction stuff in it. But I do remember there's one scene where the guy gets abducted, and it was a really, really horrific, kind of nightmarish vision mm. of what being abducted would look what, like. What year? What year is it? <laughs> <laughs> what, what year? What year was that? I'm just gonna have a quick look. Uh, oh no! Wait. Do you know what? I've yeah. seen. I've seen. I haven't seen the film. However, I have seen the abduction se- sequence. Yeah. Because yeah. it is horrible. Yeah, it's gruesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have, I have seen that. I oh yeah, that. I just had a quick look at the picture, and he's got like the weird fleshy mask thing with the eye. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Really, That's really cool. gruesome. I mean, it's yeah. probably worth watching that film just for that horrible. 
sequence. Yeah, well, I think I saw that sequence and then saw the film because I thought, oh, I fancy a bit more of that. But then realizing that's the only scene that's like that in it. Uh, everything else yeah. is just a man sat by his window going, "Yeah, gonna abduct me or what?" Pretty much. Actually, it was, actually, it's more like a guy trying to convince people he's been abducted. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Come on, remember, I've been abducted. No, you have not. No, you have not. You're a liar. <laughs> You're full of crap. You once just... gave me some iron brew and told me it was iron brew extra, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Filth. Yeah. So, any horror fluff, guff? Uh, yeah, so uh, Dom came to stay at mine on Saturday night. Dom, who was a previous guest on the show, uh, we watched yeah. Mayhem, like a low budget. Um, it's got the guy who plays Glenn in The Walking Dead. Oh right, that, oh, so that's fairly new, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not seen it, but I've seen some some stuff. It Glenn was is. okay. I think the lo- logic of the viral thing. Uh, in the, I don't want to spoil it. Doesn't really hold up because it, it's like they pick and choose what the virus does to people, yeah. and it, it just doesn't happen. They've kind of coincidentally doesn't affect the main characters in the way it does everyone else because it would kind of not make yeah. sense. But um, so I watched that and I was like, well, that that was okay. And I was looking on Shudder and I was like, I wanted to impress Dom with some sort of great low budget film, horror film. <laughs> so I ended up sticking on Cube. And I, like, I've seen Cube oh, like, yeah. so many times. Uh, when, when do you think Cube came out? Cube, uh, 1990, no, 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 2000, that's my guess. 1997 it came out. But uh, oh, it's just to. like really good like a really good film. The sequels maybe aren't quite up to snuff, quite like the no. the first one. But it's one of those films. I've seen it so many times, and I've, I've showed it to Cat. It's one of those films I think I pull out the bag just to sort of show people a good low budget. Not to be confused with the TV show The Cube, briefly presented by Philip Schofield, in which people got in a cube and had to just do a variety of crap. Like bounce um, balls and stuff into jugs. Bounce stuff, balls yeah. into yeah, go. No, yeah. um, I haven't seen Cube for a number number of years. There is a sequel as well, Cube Two Hypercube. Yeah, I think there might be a third one as well. Um, can't remember. Maybe it, there's a Cube Zero. That's you know what to pick it up. Yeah, because you know what to do after you've done one and two. Where'd you go next? Zero. zero. We, uh, me and Skip, used to watch Cube a lot for some reason. Uh, why we had on DVD? Not much else to do. Oh, go out and play football or something. Go out and get some fresh air. We're watching Cube again. <laughs> It's sunny outside. Go on. <laughs> uh, okay, so what else? I think that maybe is it. Um, yeah, I've been watching Black Mirror. I've done. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it until you've done it as well. Well, but, I can uh, officially I officially stalk you wherever you watch because you're we're, you're you're on Letterboxd. Yeah, I'm on Letterboxd as well. I don't like so, to uh, put my Letterboxd reviews up until after we've done this podcast. So I don't like yeah. to know what you. Think. I see. I see what you mean because I've done yeah. that, haven't I? I've ruined it. Do you reckon we should make an agreement that I'm going to do it after the podcast now? Well, you can do that thing where you just kind of heart a film or like say that you've watched it, right, without rating it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll. De- maybe I'll delay it just for your convenience. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean because sometimes I go, here's a tweet. Here's a tweet about the film, but then I go, also here's a yeah. podcast about it, and people just go, I'll just look at the review. It take me fraction of the time <laughs> like literally a second less than a second yeah okay maybe i'll maybe i'll adjust my methods 
No. Uh, so, okay, so Rosemary's Baby, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure thing. Sure thing, Luke Condor. So, Rosemary's Berry. Oh, no. Uh, Rosemary's uh, Berries. Uh, go back a little bit. Rosemary's Baby is a 1968 American psychological horror film written and directed by Roman Polanski based on the best-selling 1967 novel of the same name by Ira, Le- Ira Levine. Ira Levin, I think it's pronounced. Ira Levin. Uh, she hasn't got a question mark at the end of her name. Uh, the cast features <laughs> Mia Farrow, John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, and more. Uh, and it, the film chronicles the story of a pregnant woman who suspects that an evil cult wants to take her baby for use in their rituals. Nice. Sounds good to me. This is what Empire say. Uh, Like a twisted cross between The Exorcist and What to Expect When You're Expecting. This occult classic is no movie to watch when you're considering settling down to family life or planning a foray into the property market. Neighbours quite literally are a headache proposition for Farrow and Cassavetes, newlyweds as they settle into the new Manhattan brownstone. Outside their four walls, dark forces swirl, and we're not talking about the velour furniture. Polanski's command of tight interior scenes and a mood of slowly building paranoia make that make what follows claustrophobic and endlessly creepy. It's got 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty high. 8 out of 10 on IMDb. And uh, it's a pretty pretty decent film. What, have you seen it before? Uh, no, this was my first time. You've seen Mother, right? Yeah. It's weird because I, so I saw this like a few years ago and then after watching <laughs> mother fairly recently coming back to this i'm like oh there is a load of like rosemary Baby yeah sort yeah of, uh, absolutely loads i mean even on. even like even like the the like posters are like almost identical aren't they like, it's it, like yeah yeah like it's yeah this is a long film <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize it yeah. was this long it was like two and a half hours or something it probably didn't need to be as long as it is but i guess there are certain elements of the plot that yeah Take a while to get bedded into the to the film, but yeah. What did you What did you think? First time being? Yeah, uh, yeah. I I thought it was good. I thought it was pretty tense. Um, kind of went in ways I wasn't expecting. I was kind of wanted. I was kind of expecting it to be a lot more intense from the get go, but it kind of just yeah. was a sort of steady, steady climb towards like um the revelations at, at the end and just. Obviously, some weird, definitely some weird dreamlike sequences as well, which were yeah, which are pretty unnerving. Um, but yeah, I guess we needed to sort of view Rosemary's sort of standard life of her husband for quite a while before, because I mean, it takes it takes a long time for her to even even get out of the duff. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, like she's it's, she's it's... pregnant for what, like the final third of this film? Maybe? No, no, I don't know. I mean, it's, oh, it's, it's a long film, isn't it? So I know what you mean. I think it's like. 45 minutes till she gets pregnant or something it takes ages but um it's weird because it feels like this is like a mumblecore indie film before mumblecore indie films were a thing like um yeah. it doesn't feel it's not like it's not like overly it's not campy in any way i don't think i guess some of the actors sort of put on a bit of a character but it feels like uh i don't know it's like a, a new york drama i really enjoy yeah, looking at um like new york so- in general and the, the, the brownstone buildings i really enjoy looking at that kind of stuff but yeah it's good um, yeah, I do think it's a good film. I think some of the um, older, some of the older characters were a little bit, you know, what I mean, a little bit over the top, but but, but I guess I it, like, it kind of fit. It kind of fit. It didn't yeah, feel yeah. wrong. I felt like they were like putting on um, yeah. characters for, you know, I really liked um, Minnie Castavet, like the older, older woman. Like her character was kind of 
kind of like, no, like the nosy neighbor, like a little bit old, a little bit abrasive, nosy, but also kind of, uh, she kind of never gets like emotionally sort of off off the chain. Like, and she's kind of like what I think like the film is all the way through that, like kind of the crazy bits, like the, the craziest bit that happens in this film is right at the end. And then she goes, here's a cup of tea to me and Barrow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like the, uh, like the tone of the film. It's, Again, it's it, crazy, but here's just chill. Here's some tea. It's, it's, another, it's, it's like, another thing which feels laden with certain tropes that we see a fair amount in sort of modern or film filmmaking for the last couple of decades. And again, when you go back and watch a film like this, it almost feels like something you're very familiar with. Yeah. But again, as we've as we have discussed with some films previously on the list, this is probably one of the first times in film that this was that this was sort of presented. Well, they, yeah, they say that I think it's this one. Um, what was that uh, one we did recently? Either The Omen or The Exorcist. I forget The Exorcist. And uh, a film called The Other. Um, it's like those three films that kick-started this whole haunted baby, haunted child phase of like horror oh, movies. Oh, no, the baby's got a ghost in him. Ah! <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's good. I, I think the my favourite bits of this film are the dream sequences. Like, I don't think anything's been quite... as like. The way it's sort of like it's like constantly moving, the camera's like swishing around. It's like a, it's silent apart from the clock ticking, like the waves. Yeah. And like it, it'll cut or like the camera will move, and you'll find you're not where you thought you were before. It reminds me. Have you ever seen uh, that Eight and a Half by Federico Fellini? Mm. Really reminds me of that yeah. sort of. Um, that film's just like this all the way through, like those dream sequences all the way through. It's almost um, like the, the camera acts almost like a weird little inquisitive little child, just like swishing about, and look, look, looking, about <laughs> yeah. looking about and looking, getting really up close to things and going, let's have a look at that. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, let's yeah. have a look at that over here. Yeah. Now, well, what we're doing over here? Well, yeah. High on sugar thought, or something. Just running I, thought around, Mia, yeah. Mia, I thought Mia Farrow was, was good. She mm-hmm. sort of was convincing as someone who was like slowly, her like sanity was like slowly getting chipped away. And then when, when she like, had a haircut and then she was looking a little bit worse for wear. Like I've, I've really felt it. I was like, oh, she looks uh Yeah, she looks a bit unwell. Hopefully she'll uh, she'll pull through. Yeah, she's a strange person, and we'll talk about that a bit in the trivia and stuff. But um, yeah, it's quite quite crazy. I quite like John Cassavetes' guy in the first. He be, kind of becomes like the villain, the film in a in a way. We'll get into yeah. that. But I thought he was kind of a charming guy. Um, obviously. Kind of two faced and everything, but yeah, I just I think the, all the actors were very very good in this. I think the direction is really good. Every Polanski film I've seen has has had this same sort of tone where it's kind of like uh, realistic, but there's something slightly off, like slightly demonic about them. Yeah, I'm not sure just how many films of uh, Polanski's I've seen. I've seen China. I've seen Chinatown. Uh, uh, did you watch the Night I've seen... Gate? I've seen Ninth Gate. I've seen The Pianist. Oh, um, Carnage. But that's pretty much it. I don't think I've seen too many more. I haven't seen The Ghost Rider, which was, what, 10 years ago? Eight years ago. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's done quite a few. But, um, so, yeah, should we get into the story? Yeah, let's get into the let's get into the story. How do you how do you feel about watching a, watching a film and appreciating the works of someone like Roman Polanski, who well, so um, has been accused and has withstanding allegations that haven't been. I, I don't he fled, think... he fled, fled fled America after some some allegations, didn't he? And I think a lot more allegations have come out since then. 
Yeah, I think he. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong uh, with. So he's got the allegations, but he's not been convicted, has he? So I kind of feel like until he's been convicted, <laughs> as Alaska, until he's been convicted, I don't think there's too much you can really do. Um, I think. I think when when it comes to stuff like this, you have to like remove yourself from the sort of the personalities that make. Yeah. These films and think. In extreme situations, in extreme scenarios, like I understand how things like that could ruin um, your experience, especially a film or music or something like that. But in this scenario, I think you need to remove yourself and sort of appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Um, and give the, and give the plaudits where. Yeah. Did where, you? Uh... Where do? But while also condemning um, his actions or alleged actions. Yeah. Go on. Did you watch American Horror Story Cult? This year, I've never seen American Horror Story. I didn't quite think it was going to be my cup of tea. The first, the first season is really good. Um, but so there's a scene in this year's American Horror Story cult, um, which is they recreated the Charles Manson murder where they went into uh, okay. Roman Polanski's house and, and and killed his pregnant wife and stuff. And uh, at the time, I was like, kind of just 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 a horror sort of thing like you know what I mean like it just felt like entertainment but now that I've yeah. kind of read up on it I was like I don't know if I'm comfortable with that because it actually happened and they're just kind of using it in and it's like really horrific like to the point where I, I wouldn't like a like like a true crime um documentary about it you know or recreation but like yeah for ent- for like a little bit of entertainment in American Horror Story it seems a little bit cheap I guess yes yeah, so should we um Get into the nitty gritty. Get into the meat and potatoes. Okay, cool. So here's the meat and tatties. Uh, we've got the key players. Uh, Mia Farrow plays Rosemary, uh, Ruby Woodhouse. John Cassavetes plays Guy right. Woodhouse. Uh, they're the main couple. They're moving to this house. They have a child. Uh, Ruth Gordon and Sydney Blackmer play the older neighbours, Minnie Castavet and Roman Castavet. Um, they sort of uh, impose in the way that old people tend to do. In the same way that um, my fiance's mother will sometimes just turn up in the middle of a film, and uh... she's behind you in the middle <laughs> and, uh... of a film. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, what watch, you want? we're watching a film, and then she'll turn up, and then we'll take a, like call someone on the phone. So we have to pause the thing so she can do a phone call, and the phone call will go on for like half an hour, and then. <laughs> There was, there was one time where, so during the fireworks, Alaska hates fireworks, so she'll start. Um, what we'll do is we'll turn the TV on really loud for Alaska and watch a film so she can't hear the fireworks. Her voice just yeah. starts shaking and stuff. Um, but then Kat's mum came around and we paused the TV as, as, as paused the film as, as we normally do because she gets the phone out and starts talking on the phone to some random person for about I half an hour. And then, like, and then she got off the phone and uh, she said, Oh, why haven't you got the TV on? Alaska would be scared of the fireworks. Like because of you, <laughs> <laughs> because of you on the phone to whoever God knows. It's weird. You don't you don't go around someone watching a film and take a phone call. That's stay stay at home yeah. and, and and take the phone call. So yeah, the uh, mini cast of it, they they play that kind of role in this yeah. film. We've got uh, Maurice Evans who plays their their friend Hutch, maybe like the old landlord or something. I don't really know. And we've got Doctor Saperstein. Everybody everywhere likes Doctor <laughs> Saperstein. About Ralph Bellamy. So um, Ralphie. Well, yeah, what do you think, man? So how how does it start? So we've got like the little it looks like Greenwich village to me or something. I don't know you knew it too well, but it looks yeah. kinda lovely. You got like lots of uh it's lovely, yeah. Overhead shots and we've got Mia Farris singing 
this kind of haunting melody. I feel like that was a a trope that that New York, New York. <laughs> what she singing? I can't remember what she singing. This is like she's singing like uh, this is haunting songs. Like you know, like <laughs> it's one of those haunting songs you sometimes hear in horror films. Pretty much a little bit, a little bit Christmassy towards the end. A little bit <laughs> nursery rhyming. It did go a bit Christmassy. <laughs> Is that's what I like to do? I like to put yeah. Christmas flavor on anything I see. Yeah, but like, so she starts with uh, doodling, singing doodles over the intro bit, um, and then so I think we start off with them two being shown around the building, the Bramford, yeah. and this guy's like showing them around his apartment building, like. Do you, do you want to live here? Hey, you want to live here? An old lady used to live here. Oh, you want to... How, how good is that apartment? I've got like... Yeah. Serious, it's like proper apartment porn. It's like... Even like it's like old and dusty and dusty yeah. and messy and stuff. It's like... That, yeah. Fucking incredible. I wonder how much that costs right now. Uh, Too much to even give a fraction of thought to. Yeah. Because even that... even I'll charge you for that if you think about it. That was a fraction of a thought... You get a bill. You get a bill for the post. Oh no! I thought about it for three seconds. Stop thinking about it. I can't. You get an email saying to come out your PayPal account. Yeah. Direct debit. (laughs) Okay, cool. Uh, So the building manager, sales agent, sort of, uh, it's almost almost like kind of a busboy kind of guy as well, showing him around. (laughs) He said. This this old lady lived here. She died. Didn't die in here. Don't worry about that. Nothing creepy about this place at all. This is the, all the rooms. This is the garden room. I want a garden room. It's like a room yeah. full of like plants and gardeners, garden stuff, garden shit. Yeah. There's also a room like hidden. There's like a a dresser like in the middle of a hallway. Yeah. And you they move it out of the way for some reason. And there's like a closet behind there, which has got like pretty much nothing in it. Just like a vacuum cleaner and some towels. And of course, Rosemary's very inquisitive, young Rosemary. Why would they put a vacuum cleaner in front of it? Why would they put a, a, a closet in front of it? It's just got the vacuum cleaner in. Oh, nobody knows. There we go. Even now, I do wonder who that old lady was in relation to everything else and why she would put that there unless it was to stop. Even now, you do wonder. <laughs> 50 years later. I'm I... still wondering. <laughs> why? Um, <laughs> so uh, they, I think they're interested. They say is it, is it on the is it, it is it cheap is it cheap on the market? No, I think they say it's more than they wanted to pay or something. Um, oh, okay. So don't even do it for cheap. This bloody cult. And this flat. guy's like, oh, well, what what do you do, Rosemary? Oh, I do nothing. But this is guy. He's an actor. The amount of times he says, "This is guy. He's an actor." He's an actor. His name's Guy. He's been in plays. And he's an actor. And she likes, she likes talking about him like he's an actor. Yeah. And then later on, she's just such proper dissing actors. She's like, actors are all self-centered and a little bit twat. They're all twats. <laughs> They're all twats. They're all nonces. Um... <laughs> They're all nonces, aren't they, Roman? Well, <laughs> just do the scene and don't... Um... <laughs> um, so... <laughs> uh, they go, yeah, before they move in, I think before they sign on the dotted line, they go to see a a friend who sounds like he was the old landlord or something. They were maybe living with him for a little time called Hutch is an older gentleman who's cooking a lamb shank. I like this. They were having a big meal and having discussion around the, the dinner table. That doesn't really happen anymore. There's a, there's a good, bit of cook, good bit of cooking in this. Mm. And I think 
it just looks all a bit basic, doesn't it? Like, you know, someone slabs, a, she slams a steak on the grill at one point, and I'm like... That's it, yeah. Gives it, it, like, three, three seconds on each side, just steers it, and then starts tugging in. How do you like steak? Rosemary well done, style. I'm joking, I'm yeah. joking. Not, not, not well done, I'm not a monster. How do you like it? Me- like, me- uh, medium, medium rare? Yeah. I don't even know, I guess... I'm quite a hot pan, because I like it to have quite a nice colour. Yeah. A nice bit of darkness on the outside. Know what I'm saying? Mm, in, a, in a little bit, in a little bit of butter as well. Not getting involved in that oil nonsense. Some sort of garlic buttery type stuff. I don't, like, I don't like the what's that kind of mushroom sauce they sometimes put all over. I guess I'd I eat like, it. I mean, I'd still oh, enjoy pe- it. But... Peppercorn sauce or mushroom maybe it's that sauce. one because I kind of like the meat on its own a lot of the time. I feel like sometimes, yeah, the sauce sort of gets in the way. Okay, so uh, while they're having this uh, lamb, um, Hutch. Tells them, oh, the Bramford building. That's where some famous witch lives and some child got dead. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Some child? What? He said. He says like some child. Some famous witch. (laughs) Some child is found in the basement, wrapped in cling film or something. I think he says cling film. They don't have cling film in the US, do they? Like, Considering the fact that they've just bought this place, you'd think you'd be like, well, I've heard some rumours, but I'll keep them to myself. Yeah. Don't move in. It's just I've bloody murder. Everybody smells like farts in there. <laughs> <laughs> everyone smells like farts. And everyone's a witch, and someone's just uh, constantly drilling all it's, day long. Yeah. This is because they moved out of his... They were paying like him a yeah, decent yeah, rent. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what he's doing. He's twisted. That's, he's the real cult in yeah. all of this. And there's ghosts. <laughs> and there's ghosts, and there's holes draw holes in all the walls. People peering in, gonna see your boobies. <laughs> Stay here. We have lamb and books. <laughs> <laughs> we have lamb and books, and no holes in the walls. And chairs. Like the next scene is them eating in their hallway on the floor. Yeah, exactly. A... It sits right up there, aren't they? You think just like 
before you properly move in, just mm. make sure you've got some stuff to sit on. I know, when we moved you know here, I mean? we didn't have much. Who were we? I remember we moved into a house in Derby and we didn't have anything for like the first, I think we slept on a sofa for six months. And as well, we had a sofa, sofa, mate. But a lot of people, be, a lot of people, be, uh, they'd love a sofa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have anything. All we had was a king size bed and duvets and. Couple of pillars. Couple of pillars. That's all we had. I mean, yeah. come on, that's all we had. Yeah. Count yourself lucky. Yeah, they they ain't got anything. They're having what are they having? A nice takeaway dinner on the floor. Yeah. They're uh, excited, like a young couple moved into their I think their first apartment yeah. together, excited about life. And they want to do a baby soon, I think. She's like, let's make love in the middle of the floor. And uh guys oh, all right, take their clothes just take their, all their clothes off, like yeah, like really, really slowly, a matter of fact, like separately. Right. Yeah, kind of without passion. But um... I'll take all my clothes off, and when I'm ready, we'll meet together in the middle of the room, nude, ready to go. <laughs> see you then. <laughs> I'll and, see uh... you then. It's like that. <laughs> Did you notice the, the constant like ticking of a clock, like throughout the film, mainly in the dream sequences, but then it tends to just be there, like throughout most of the. Most of the house stuff. I know it's weird. I don't know what it's supposed to mm, signify. Uh, so, whilst what's his name guy is in a Yamaha commercial, um, she, I don't reckon he's an actor at all. Like he's talking yeah, shit. Bike salesman. And yeah. uh, <laughs> he, uh, she goes downstairs and she's doing the washing, um, and she meets uh, another lady who mm-hmm. has a smelly, lucky charm on her neck. She says, "No, oh, I live." I was I was a druggie and I didn't have didn't even have a sofa to sleep on, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got taken in by Minnie and what's his name Mickey Mickey is his name Mickey <laughs> uh, sit, Roman is it Roman Roman, Roman Castavet so Roman Plansky Rome. yeah he, he, yeah he didn't yeah. do very much with names just think about it the lead actor in this well not the lead well the main actor Guy. is John Cassavetes. And one of his characters, and they've called these old people, Minnie and Roman, Castavets. And she's called yeah. him Roman, which is his own name, Polanski. He's really lazy of it. It's like going, <laughs> um, oh, Luke Condor, eh? All oh, right, yeah. okay, your character's going to be called... And the baby, he just calls it Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to call this baby, eh? Who does this baby belong to? Rosemary? Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Um, so well, you just call it anything if you want. <laughs> Basically, the next the next scene just gonna push it on. The next scene, um, wait, what would you call the baby if you had to call well, it a devil baby? Well, Rosemary has already got it down, and she's got Andy or Jenny. Are you an Andy, oh, yeah, or are yeah. you a, or are you a Jenny? Two shit names, really. I'm sorry, sorry to all and... Andy or Jenny. I was <laughs> going to be called Michaela if I was a girl. My mum probably talked to her belly all the time. Luke or Michaela? Actually, I was going to be called Wesley or Luke. Or Michaela. God, so many <laughs> options. Every time I talked to your belly, r- went for an option like twelve different names: Luke or Michaela or Wesley or Michaela if I was a Bob girl, Alan. Luke if I was a boy, Wesley if I was a vampire. Yeah. I uh, I used to wish I was called Wesley after watching Blade. It's like, mum, oh, right. you fucked up. <laughs> Wesley Snips. <laughs> Vampires. Okay. I realise uh, <laughs> just, just the names Andy and Jenny then, but I mean they're pretty good names. So I just thought they were. Just, I thought we could afford something better. Rosemary. Yeah, nothing wrong with them. Um, so 
Yeah, so where they, they're coming back from somewhere. I think they've been out for a meal or an, a, a shag appointment when you have a, a little bit of sex. And um, they come back to the building and they find a dead body on the floor. There's loads of police. It turns out it's Terry, I think that's the name, um, yeah. who was her friend she met in the in the basement. And then from there we meet Minnie and Roman. They're on the way back from yeah, so, so, the so, gala. So, so, so Terry's jumped out of the bloody window. Yeah, and killed herself. It looks like. What's weird when she was she describing her relationship with the old people that Minnie and Roman. She's like, it wasn't a sex thing, which I was quite surprised about. She said, like, she thought it was a sex thing. She was going on with it, and then they were like, actually, we just want to look after you. And she was like, damn. Isn't it weird the way they talk about like these weird, like ideas in this film? They talk about it kind of casually. Everything's sort yeah. of under like a casual, um, sort of demeanor. Um, a bit cash. So through through the dead girl, and Rosemary, Rosemary's like she seemed very happy yesterday. Um, they meet Roman and Minnie, and they're like, "Oh dear, oh no, I, she's killed herself." Wasn't yeah. expected, and like they don't seem that bothered about it. But, but Minnie's like, "Oh, she must have been cleaning the windows or something as she fell yeah. out." But Ro- Roman's a bit more matter of fact. He's like, "No, she used to, used to be get really depressed every few weeks." Yeah, yeah. Um, so they kind of like kind of accept it as what? What do you think this is without? Obviously, going towards the end of it, do you think mm. she was they were probably keeping her and trying to get her up the duff? I think she was supposed to, yeah, I think she was supposed to have the uh, the devil kid, and then maybe yeah. she maybe she couldn't do it because of the drug problems or something, yeah. And then when they saw Ro- when Rosemary moved in, they were like, Oh, fresh I'll ovaries, very liquid fresh, up the fresh eggs, I'll grease very... up the grease up the windowsill. <laughs> what are you gonna say then? I'll crease out the windowsill. Just give these a clean. Oh! <laughs> what an elaborate way of killing someone. Yeah. Of gre- greasing up the windowsill every day, just hoping <laughs> that eventually she falls out a fucking window. Um, right, okay. Okay. So. Um... Yeah, so they become like friendly with the old with the olds pretty soon, and they're like constantly coming in and visiting. Uh, yeah, bo- yeah, visiting or bothering them. Initially, it's a bit like nice and visity. Yeah, but then they get a bit. It gets a bit bothersome, and then Minnie gives. Uh, they get invited to dinner one night. Um, so, so that, I was going to ask you about this. So, is the this dinner bit? So I was trying to work out when does Guy make the deal? Yeah, to have his wife yeah, fight by a devil. Like, well, I think it's at his first dinner party. It's the only time I can think where he was alone with Roman. Yeah. How do you, like, literally just go, oh, did you see the game last night? We want Satan to rape your wife. <laughs> Sorry, what? Nothing. It's uh, and sure. And they, uh, uh, <laughs> they, uh, because it's at the dinner party. It's the first time they've met, really. Um, and then that's it. Like, he just seems to... Unless... Unless we think of it as being like, who suggested they should move in there in the first place? Whose idea was it? I don't think it's. I don't remember. I don't remember saying. Yeah, well, maybe. Do you know I mean? Maybe it was a long. We say this a lot. Long con. Maybe, it maybe was it's a long been. Con. Maybe it's been planned for ages. He's been a part of this. Um, this cult maybe forever, for his whole life. Yeah. And finally, finally, they've drafted him in and gone. Look, we want to. Your wife is next, but you have to move into the building for some reason. Yeah. So um, we never know. We never know how deep it goes. So we're trying to think. So I feel this next hour's worth of material it kind of 
flashes by in my eyes. So basically, they've made a deal. He decides that they're going to have a baby. At the same time, they're getting closer and closer with these older neighbors. They're decorating the house. It's coming along. Um, she starts to show a little bit of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the doctor. They have a doctor already, but Dr. Hill. And then the all the people in the um, apartment building, all these older people are like, no, you need to have Dr. Silverstein, Saperstein. <laughs> Um, Dr. Abraham Saperstein, he's like the best doctor in the, in the world. Um, and then she just gets we, more and more pregnant and gets ill. What, what well, we missing? haven't even we haven't talked about how she gets pregnant, Luke. How does that happen? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, big... so the uh, chocolate mini mouse. brings yeah. some chocolate mousse to the uh, to their door and like says, Have a bit of this chocolate mousse, I've been slaving away, it's delicious. And her, her and Rosemary and their bloke start eating it, and, she, and Rosemary's like, Oh, really, it tastes like shit. It's yeah. got a bit of a chalky undertaste. Protein powder. Like, she throws most of it away. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's already it's already had its effect. So she passes out and has, starts having some weird dreams. It's a crazy nightmare sequence, isn't it? And um, and then she sees the devil. She sees, this she isn't sees, a nightmare at all. This is really he's the devil himself. This and, this is what this is what it would be like to have sex with Donald Trump. This is. <laughs> Wait, is this like all the old naked people standing around? All like, the old naked people standing around clapping, and then he yeah. appears like uh, 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 high fiving everyone, telling everyone that he's oh, the best. He's the playing best a recorder. Lady. Playing a recorder. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best lay that anyone's ever had, uh, and he's an absolute genius. He's just reeling off all these facts in front of her while yeah. he's penetrating her um, against her will. So yeah, there's a proper, proper horrible demon rape scene and then uh, Rosemary wakes up she's covered in scratches she's like off her nuts and a oh, guy yeah. quite quite nonchalantly just says well you were passed out but I didn't want to pass up on the opportunity for us to conceive so I raped you yeah you're I, unconscious but I don't I think uh, I don't think that's on guy <laughs> you can't maybe this is it's the 60s you know free love and having sex with you passed out free love and forced love <laughs> Well, you know, yeah. I was pretty loaded but, myself. But Rosemary, like, doesn't really make a big deal about it, though. Even mm. though he said, I've done a rape on you, she doesn't go, I dare you. She's a bit like, big well. Fun. Yeah. And then and pretty much like that, like that, yeah. she's pregnant. I think she is uh, unable or unwilling to, uh, sort of scared of confrontation. Like, she's always like trying yeah. to normalize things. And this is normal. This is fine. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. You know that meme with the dog? It's like, well, I guess... it has some fire. This is oh, fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's a good way to be. And, um, well, most of the time, obviously. But uh, yeah. it can't, it does come across in her sort of personality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she kind of goes along with whoever's sort of been the authority. And Guy, we start to see him more and more take the authority and, like, not let her do her mm. own thing. He's, he's always got an opinion about what she should be doing. Yeah. Um, she, this reminds me of Mother a lot, this this sort of idea of um Yeah. No one's taking like their opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like it's similar to Mother in the way that like the, the male in this relationship is like the creative force who's yeah. kind of like the bread kind of like the breadwinner as well. And she's supposed to support him rather yeah, than Yeah, she's supposed to support him in that in that manner and also provide certain things for him, which is like a nice house, yeah, food, and then eventually um, do a baby right out of her vagina, which uh. So uh, also we've got to say after 
guy was trying to get a part in some play or or something that's going to launch his career, but it, it was given to someone else. But very soon after this dinner, and around about the rapey time, um, yeah. he the other actor goes blind, so he gets the part, and then that sort <laughs> of uh, happens all the time. So we so we think that that's sort of linked to the cult as well. That like that's happened, and somehow he's gone back to the cult and said, "Look, someone else has just got a part," and they're like, "Don't worry, dear, we'll do a little spell." We'll do a little spell and he'll get the blind. <laughs> yeah. So he's kind of traded acting success, career success, yeah. his ego basically yeah. for maybe that's a that's a good point. Her body. So, yeah. So maybe they've asked and they've said, Look, we can give you anything you want. You you want to be a successful actor? We're we gonna can make you make a it. star. We're gonna make you a star. You're gonna, you're gonna, gonna be a... it, but you're raw. You're too raw. Now go you're get me be... that guy's <laughs> yeah. tie. <laughs> You're going to be in a play. It's yeah. not going to be a good play, but you're going to be in a play. So that's fine. Yeah. Actors. Um, yeah, they do talk a lot about like actors being egotistical in this film. Uh, okay, so, and then I think around bit, so the next sort of three months or so passes and she's getting bigger, but she's also in like a lot of pain and mm. all of them are saying, no, it's just, that's what you get, pain, you get skinny. And you get white and chalky. You get skinny first. when you get when you get pregnant. You get really skinny. Yeah. Some say you lose loads of weight. Yeah. And uh, also you feel sick constantly. Yeah. I mean that's, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, and I think she bit. keeps wanting to go see the old doctor, but all of them are like, no, don't go see him. See doctors. I want to say Silverstein. Yeah. What's his name? Saperstein. Saperstein. Uh, Minnie's making here like a daily drink with some load of vitamins and stuff in it, allegedly. Tannis root like, or something as well. Tannis right? root. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, root and shit. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so at what point did she get? Oh, so she has that party. So she's like, no, I'm going to invite all of my friends. You can't invite all these weird old people who have mm-hmm. these weird meetings. We hear them playing the recorder every other night. Um I'm going to have just my friends and then all these like normal younger people come. Um, and I feel like she's been segregated from what was probably a normal life before for a long time. Oh yeah. She also gets a haircut at some point to like the smaller yeah. thing. I mean, that's she the worst a, thing you've ever done. A smaller haircut. <laughs> she gets a, she gets a much smaller haircut and her, her previous haircut was larger. Yeah. And everyone's really horrible to buy. Like your hair looks like shit. You yeah. look like a you prick. paid for that. Yeah. You paid for that. Oh my god, you look awful! Like everyone's I asked horrible. for the and... guy. Look, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just okay. like a little pixie haircut. Yeah, I think it's good. I think which, which suits? I think which suits suits some people. Definitely suits me, Farah. Uh, <laughs> so me, definitely suits me. It definitely suits. I reckon it suit you as well. All right. little, you are a little pixie, aren't you? <laughs> um, um. So yeah, what happens then? They have, the, we get, like, they have a... the party and all these people around. And they don't invite any of um, the other people, but Guy is obviously on like lookout duty. There's bits where she's in the kitchen crying, and Guy and like all the women, all the friends around, and Guy's looking over like the door window, yeah, constantly yeah. like look, looking for her and trying to keep an eye on her. And then the, the girls are with like, that "Shit haircut." <laughs> the girls, are, her friends, are like, "You got to go see Doctor Hill because it's not normal to have this much pain." And then as she's yeah. about to do that, as everyone leaves. She suddenly mm-hmm. feels better. That's what, so it was a party. Um, nice little party, did part, it? Basically, <laughs> if, you're ever, if you're ever feeling down in the dumps or a little bit unwell, just throw a, throw a party. Have a do. And, uh, you'll feel much better. I think, I think I've got kidney failure. 
Oh, have we'll have to book a haul out and have a massive, have a massive party. <laughs> yeah, we'll do oh, a buffet. No. We'll We'd, do a buffet. Yeah. That's what you're right, eh? So can't drink, can't drink now because of the kidney failure. At some point, she calls Hutch. Hutch is like, "I need to, I need you to come meet me." I figured out something, um, but then when she goes to meet him, he doesn't show up. She calls his house, and she's like, "Oh yeah, Hutch has felt fallen ill. He's mm-hmm. um, in a coma or something." Uh, and I think things yeah, seem to be okay for a bit, but then he, then he just dies. So, yeah. uh, to get, we go to the funeral, and that's when Hutch gives Rosemary like a book about witchcraft with a cryptic message, which is the name is an anagram. Yeah, I just think just give me the bloody message. Yeah, why, give me a cryptic. Why would you give me a cryptic like, message? Because what the anagram is, Roman Castavet is the son of that famous witch who lived there. Like Stephen mm. Marcato, why not just mm-hmm. say Roman Castavet is Stephen Marcato? Yeah, exactly. If it's a message no one else is going to see, but for Rosemary, yeah, I just think get all the complicated stuff out of the way. Especially tell if me you're feeling a little thing. bit like, oh, I think a coma might be coming on. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't wrap your messages. That, like, get no, get, be clear. Be clear. Yeah. Be clear. <laughs> right, okay. And yeah, so then she pretty much works it out that Roman yeah. Castavet is really Stephen Marcato. That's right, isn't it? Or related to him. Or yeah. Like and then she's like, uh, uh, oh, so they're, they're a... all a cult. They want my baby. Guy has. Yeah. I think she figures it all out, right? Like everyone. She pretty much she figures it out pretty quickly that mm. ev- she thinks everyone in that building is part of this satanic cult led by Roman. And she thinks they're part of like a witch's co- coven. Uh, and they want the baby, which is who knows what they're going to do with it. Yeah. And that guy, guy is cooperating them in exchange for help in advancing his acting career, which is true. And um, I think she finds out that he guy swapped a tie with Doug, and that's because he has to have an item. And also, um, Hutch had, had lost the glove, so they must have cast a spell on him or something like that. Um, but then we have like a little bit which probably could have been a bit shorter actually, which is her trying to escape. To try to get yeah. to Dr. Hill's. Eventually, she does get to Dr. Hill. Um, and she's like full of paranoia and thinks everyone's watching her. And then she feels like she's saved. And Dr. Hill's like, Yes, okay. I listened to a story about witches. Very compelling. Have a sleep here. But then when she wakes up, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Saperstein and Guy yep. are stood there and like, Don't make a scene, you bitch. Come on. <laughs> Don't make a scene, you bitch. I'll shave your bloody head. Yeah, I cut the rest of your hair off. Yeah, but um, and then it did, yeah. and then she just sort of goes with them because they're like, "What else can she do?" She she goes with them, but when they get back to the to the building, she tries to get away, and she manages to get back into the house and lock right. herself in. That's right, yeah, yeah. But then they all come in like a bunch of horrible mentalists, um, pin her to the bed and inject her with some sort of something to calm her down, and then she pretty much gives birth while unconscious. Yeah, um. So she gets a bit of conscious, and then the next, whenever, like maybe a day or two later, they tell her, "I'm sorry, but the baby's dead." And she's like, "I don't believe you." They start keep trying to give her pills. Yeah, his baby's crying in the through the walls. She keeps she's, like, put, she's get, trying to take the pill. She's hiding it somewhere, like under there. This was very, very misery. Here's how it? I would like do a... it. I would go as if I'm going to pick my nose. Oh, I got a big one, and I'd flick it really far <laughs> out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, every time I give him a pill, he's picking his nose and saying he's got a big, <laughs> a big one. 
Another, another one. Ting. Ting. Solid, that one. That was, that was rock yeah. solid, Jesus. These post-pregnancy uh, boogers. <laughs> <laughs> Postnatal. Dear boogering. Okay, uh, so, uh, so so she basically figures out, like, look, they've got the baby, and she has to go through the cupboard, which I imagine is where they came through before when she locked the door, but they've redone it up. The towers are all ni- nicely folded and stuff. Listen, there's got to be another entrance. There's got to be another entrance. Everyone's got the entrance to it in their apartment. Essentially, I'd yeah, say. yeah. Essentially. So, so yeah, she basically she goes through to this to this uh, Satanist lounge. Satanist lounge, where there are people we see, people we recognize, and people we don't recognize. There's an Asian man with a camera. There's an Asian man with a camera. Yeah, <laughs> it's not been in the uh, film at all up to that point, but he's there. But he's a keen Satanist, it would seem, and photographer. And I so, developed my own film. <laughs> <laughs> so then they basically explain everything to Rosemary and say the guy is not the true father. Uh, the newborn child named Adrian. Hail Adrian! Satan! <laughs> yeah. And they all do, hell Satan! Hell Satan! He's actually the son of the devil, devil himself. All this time, like, Guy is sort of like lingering in the background. Like, he's well, really yeah. shy about it. Because he's like, he's like been figured out and like he's uh because yeah. he was gonna get away like if she was taking the pills and she sort of eventually gave up on the baby he was gonna say look i've got a part in california we're gonna move out there i've got a shitload mm. of money he kind of this was all part of his plan and like this now it's it the, the jigs up and that's what i like about this film it's like the jigs up and he and it, it never feels like soap opery it feels kind yeah. of real the way he's like I don't oh, know because she finds, well, yeah. she finds it all out and then they just like it's not like there's no massive ending where she takes the baby and runs or jumps out the window or, or attacks no, because everyone because everyone kind of just emits it and then that's it they're, they're kind of like they're cool with it they're it's fine like, with what, what they've fig- done you figure this out now let's just deal with it like it just feels like kind of very real like it normalises that's what I mean so Minnie as soon as she finds out she gives her a cup of tea and goes this will make you feel better there's no tennis root in it or anything it's just yeah just Everyone just says Rosemary's lucky because she she was the one who was chosen to have Satan's yeah. spawn. Guys, um, guy tells her like we we could have come on. Let's just me and you would go to California or something. She just spits in his face. She gauzes right in his face. But then that's but then it kind of ends of her sort of um, rocking the cradle with the with the baby. There's a good shot here where we see obviously Satan's eyes. Yeah, and but so, we don't never we never see the baby, which is it's which a is weird cool. ending. Because it's, I kind of feel like she kind of wins anyway, because all she wanted was to have a baby to sort of look after, and and so guy yeah. who's essentially the villain of the of the film loses because she figures him out and and uh, not so much figures out, but um, exposes him for what she'd suspected all along. So she kind of the film is like all about like her paranoia and. It turns out that she she wasn't paranoid. She was right all along. I feel like she kind of wins, um, and the Satanists yeah. are just like, yeah, good, all is yeah. good. Now he's going to raise <laughs> raise hell or whatever. I wonder what happens after that. Yeah, well, or there she, was I think there was a second him. one. I don't know if it was any a good. Second but... one. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, Rosemary's. I know there was a there was like a remake TV series with um, possibly. Zoe Saldana in it. Really? Look what's happened to Rosemary's baby. That Look feels like, hap- a, like a. You know, who's come, who's come up with the title of that? 
basically, here's a concept, right? The concept is we'll look at what's happened to Rosemary's baby, and they've gone, that's a great name for it. You are right. Zosa, look what's Zosa Saldana. Yeah, I've never actually seen it, but uh, yeah. So Rosemary's baby is now eight years old, and he's gone mental. <laughs> Pooing that's all pretty, over the place. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah okay. Right, Where there we go. Rosemary's baby. Okay, so some trivia. Uh, you ready? Yes. Number one, Roman Polanski said that the book written by Ivor Levin was a load of tosh and changed every other phrase spoken by Mia Farrow to he's an actor. True or false? She said it quite a lot, but it wasn't every other phrase. He's an actor. <laughs> well, like, that's some sort of insult. You're such an actor. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. False. <laughs> false. Uh, so he didn't. And Polanski, this is Polanski's first American film. He didn't understand that um, when you're adapting a novel, you're allowed to make change, whatever changes you want. He thought you had to adapt it like word for word. So the oh. it's actually incredibly remarkable, uh, faithful to the Irish original book. And uh, number two, oh, Polanski, you idiot. Mia Farrow served her divorce papers for her wedding during the shoot of this film to which famous celebrity singer? So she was married. She started this film and then she... I think I know this. Frank Sinatra. I think, yeah. How did, did you Google it? No, no, I just think I know that. Okay, that's cool. That's that's a nice little... <laughs> <knowledge> <laughs> not yeah. believing me. I'm impressed. Oh, oh, right. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Siri. Yeah. I, just, I just think I know that. I think I remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I don't remember it because I was around. Also, that's you. that wasn't a true, true or false. That was a question. I know. I've got a few of those. So, ah. number three, how many people were credited for Mia Farrow's hair? Is it A, two? Is it B, five? Or is it C, zero? Zero. I reckon she did it herself. Two. She had two people credited ah. for her hair. Two ah. people were responsible for her hair design. Who did Who did what? Someone did the bangs. Someone did the back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. At the same time? Or... <laughs> yeah. Like you do the front and then you go, I'm out of my depth here. Get someone else in. Number two, back in sides. Okay, uh, number four. Uh, Ira Levin, the book's author, named the apartment building the Bramford after which famous horror author? So have a little think there. The Bramford. Bramford. The Bramford. I can't think of anybody. It was... Bram Stoker, middle name Ford. Oh yeah! Damn, was, <laughs> the only the only horror author I could think of was Richard Matheson from from like this. It would have been around in yeah. the sixties. Yeah, it would. Have been. Uh, okay, uh, so number five, the scene where Rosemary walks into traffic was spontaneous and genuine. Polanski told Farrow, "Nobody will hit a pregnant woman," but then paid a New York taxi driver ten dollars to try. True or false? Try. <laughs> I was thinking that was true until you said that. False. Yeah, false. But he, apparently, he did say um, nobody will hit a pregnant woman, so she just walked into traffic. Feel sorry for Mia. Like I feel like she even her character. So there's there's some other weird facts about uh, the film. So Mia Farrow um, kept a chart of everyone in the crew and, and cast and stuff, and marked down when they were nice or nasty to her, like on each day. Um, so Roman Polanski, I don't know, uh, Roman Polanski uh, retaliated by 
creating a Mia Farrow chart and you have like different things of how well she's performing and like marked her off each day, like how she was doing. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. This is like, you'd just be like, guys, can we just concentrate on the film, yeah. please? We've got a lot, we've got, we've got a lot to get done in a, in a certain amount of days. Can you stop this tit for tat? Yeah. Idiocy. Yeah. Marking people down. What did these people know that she had that she had a chart? I think so. I saw a picture and it was quite big. I don't know how she would like hidden it. I don't know if it was oh. like kind of tongue in cheek. This reminds me of the kind of thing that you do in like primary school. Like, hey, you're my you're my best friend. No, don't do that. Oh. You won't be my best friend. You're no my more. best friend. How funny was Luke Condor during this week's horror hangout? Six out of ten. <laughs> how, how insightful was he? Uh how knowledgeable was he? Uh, I'd give him a ten out of ten for that. Okay, ten so out of 10. a guy just to just to get me an extra point on that, the role of guy was uh, Jack Nicholson screen tested for it, but then didn't get the part. Uh, didn't get the part. No, no. It was this bef- this was before Chinatown as well, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can believe that. True. Yeah, I wasn't asking you. It was just, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's true. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I wasn't asking you. I was just <laughs> telling you. All right. Okay. Uh, we need to grade the film. Color grading. We need to grade it. We need to color grade the whole film. From Here's start another to piece of trivia. What was the first film that had color grading techniques applied to it? Hmm. Something like Gone with the Wind. No, it's um, color grading in the sense of. Changing the colours afterwards to... Oh, to changing the colours afterwards? Yeah. Wizard of Oz? Hmm. Well... That no, was a good guess. It was Wait a minute, guess. you don't know the answer? Well, no, well, you've kind of like <laughs> thrown a spanner in it. Because I was well under the impression that it was Oprah Brothers Art now. And it was the Cohen Brothers who first did oh. that technique. There are definitely versions of... Um, but you are right, because that is... Wizard of Oz. That is colour... Maybe that's colourising, is that... Is that the difference? So coming afterwards, I don't know. And this is a riveting part of the podcast. Okay, so yeah, I like the film. I think it's great. I think I'm going to give it a B plus. What about you? I go for a B. I think B. I wouldn't go for far as far as a B plus. I think a B is is yeah. Cool. Okay, so next week um, we're going to be talking about number fourteen on the list, The Wickham Man. Quite excited about that. Um, yeah, man. Anything else to say before we wrap up? Not, not the Nicolas Cage version, though. No, no. Damn. Yeah, no. I think, I think that's it. So this show is brought to you by the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com and grab a free book. Become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. Thanks to Kovac Cameron for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating review on iTunes and remember to hit subscribe. Thanks to my co-host Ben for being a real horror dude. Thank you very much, Luke. See you in a bit. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.